0: DJ Blake Back with another one Alright yep Me and my nigga And we stack the bands Before the stages and the raging fans We dream the Jets in place And we can land Possess oh, the right thinking Only there Let's get it. That I've been riding with. Unchained like Django. I'm the rap game Zog Angel. Vivin' living like 90 sets. I'm living life right like angles. v 45 from fum I came, I conquered. Like Kanye said, I'm a fucking monster
1: This is DJ Blake. My next guest not only makes great music, but also surrounds himself with very talented artists. Artists such as the GFB Gang and Bryce Bowden are a few that I've been lucky enough to have on the podcast. This man completely is about his business. He currently goes to school at Central Washington University. He performs in his college town, and then when he's back in Seattle, he's performing here too. I've seen nothing but talented artists from Kent, Washington, and he's no exception. If you don't know him, you better get to know him, John Thomas.
0: John Thomas in his bitch. John Thomas in his bitch. Huh. Yeah. Lonely lately, yeah, I'm in my zone. Not enough to go around. I need a phone. Trying to bang my line on my phone. Y'all up in my is like a drum. Not worry about these groupies at my shows. Got a couple valley girls I call my own. Nothing like my popper on
1: the show. Welcome back, everyone. This is DJ Blake, keeping you up to date with all the hottest hip-hop news and sneaker talk. And today, I'm with a very special guest, the one and only... John, John Thomas. Thomas in this
2: bitch. How you doing? <laughs> Best ad lib in the game I'd like to add. I'm just saying. What's
1: your ad lib? Just
2: John Thomas in this bitch. Oh, that is my bad. John Thomas in this bitch.
1: <laughs> That's so long, though. It is. It's like a sentence.
2: It is, but at the same time, like if I'm walking around campus, people will literally look at me and go, John Thomas in this bitch. So I'm just like, you know what? That's it. That's the ad lib. Like, I finally have a cool ad lib, so I'm just going to run with it.
1: There we go. Dude, when I first th- like, saw your name... I was completely off when I thought this but like I need to get this out of the way I thought of the Terminator because I thought for a long time it was John Thomas but it's John Connor <laughs> John Connor John Thomas it sounds the same kind of you know
2: fun fun fact fun fact when it, people hear my name like when I played that mark battle show hey. in, back in November like I walked up to them and I was like oh introducing myself like greeting like oh hi nice to meet <laughs> you like I'm John Thomas and they were like we're not gonna lie we thought you were white so I was like, "Oh, <laughs> man." I was like, "Whoa. All right. So I guess I I guess I have a, a white name appa- oh, apparently. Wow. Apparently. A- allegedly. That's what they said.
1: I don't know. It's cuz it's like almost so generic it seems like a stage name in a way.
2: Yeah. That's what you that's what you'd think. <laughs> that's what you that's what you think. Like the way I got my name, like literally it is really just my my real name like it's my first and my middle name well one of my middle names we're not gonna oh, over here list out the entire it's government it's probably like five people. or something it I, it's, it's, it's long, long. that's <laughs> all we need to know is that my my government name is long and john thomas is actually part of my real name so
1: that's that's very interesting wait so can we have your social security number also real quick
2: five no, no i'm <laughs> <playing> with you <laughs> But yeah,
1: we're here. Like, I didn't realize actually how connected this guy is. Actually, you're pretty connected. He, the first thing he said when he came in, he's like, "Dude, you know Bryce Bowden?" And that Bryce Bowden, I like fanboy over that. That's guy. my
0: guy, man.
1: Dude, and he still hands out CDs, which oh. I I love CDs. Actually, I collect CDs. So,
2: oh, well, for sure. Like, he's actually one of the people that really kind of got me into music. Fun story, yes. story time. Yes, with John Feliz. Thomas. <laughs> dun 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 dun. Yeah. So basically, um, I'm from I'm from a town called Kent. Uh, love that place. Shout out to everybody in Kent. Um, and there is a music conglomerate in my area, um, called Fine Malt Lyrics. And I mean, they kind of had people, um, from multiple high schools. There's like four big high schools. And a lot of them went to a lot of the high schools around the area and kind of came together to, came together to make music. Um, and that's actually how I got my start. Like my best friend, Thomas, his cousin was in Fine Malt Lyrics. Shout out Trey Ross, uh, Edible's out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Trey Ross and Bryce Bowden. Yeah. So basically, like, I was just, like, the friend that was always there just kind of freestyling because it's, like, I didn't actually have no music connections. I didn't have any way to, like, actually record. Yeah. But I had, like, a mindful of ideas, so I would just, like, spew them. And then I was rapping with them one day, and they were like, John, you can rap. Why don't you take, start taking it serious? I was like, no. I'm, like, 18, so I'm like, nah, nah. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? I don't even have a place to record. So, like, but they were like, No. Take it seriously, like if you can write if you can write a fire verse, you can come to our show with us hey. and perform on stage oh so this is this is my first this is my first show ever because I was like, bet like this is i i want I actually want to try and see what I can do, yeah, so I write this verse it was it was before like I was lyrically inclined, mm-hmm. but it wasn't bad, like you yeah. know like the flow the flow was there I hadn't really found my sound yet mm-hmm. but I, it was it was cool, like metaphorically speaking. Like there was <laughs> some there was cool some stuff there was some cool stuff in there. Like yeah. I was like this shit kind of hard. <laughs> so day comes, and keep in mind we're open up for Audio Push and Vince Staples. Oh
1: shit, dude! No one talks about Audio Push anymore. Push, <laughs> Not push. Audio Audio
2: <laughs> Audio Push is nice. Dude. They are nice, oh. but yeah, like that was like my first show ever. So I go up on stage, the beats going like, dun 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 dun. It, it, it's it's just it's bumping hard. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I go up on stage. I look out into this crowd, blank, blank. Like, I just, I was like, uh, and I started freestyling. But yeah, after that, after that, they were like, you know what? Like, get out of here. It's No, (laughs) they weren't (laughs) like, get out of here, but they were just like, they were just like, okay, it's your first show. Like, we get it. But like, if you're going to do this, like, you got to take it seriously. So that, that was kind of like, yeah, it was embarrassing, but it like also showed me like, the verse was fire before I got on stage. So mm-hmm. I just need to like take some time, get over my little stage fright, yeah, and really start writing cuz like I can tell like they they liked it. People were vibing to it. So that means like I have room to improve. So that's what I did. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. And I started writing the song Vivid. That's on um Life and Oddball debut EP out SoundCloud exclusively. Um
1: SoundCloud exclusive. SoundCloud
2: exclusive, <laughs> only exclusive shit, <should> man. <laughs> but yeah, I started writing that song when I was like eighteen, because it was like the first like song that I took, and it like took real events, right? Instead of just like writing swag verse, like this. This is like the first song where I actually like put in the emotions that I was feeling, but it was very incomplete because I hadn't been through enough. I was only like eighteen, mm-hmm. so basically, what I did is I like took that song and I worked on it until I was, actually, I think I released that song on my 22nd birthday.
1: And you made it when you were 18?
2: I started writing when I was 18. Did not come out until I was 22. Damn. Just because I wanted to harness like all those emotions like I was feeling when I was 18 and kind of put them to the test after I had actually experienced life a little bit. Wow. So there's a, you, you grow a lot between the ages of 18 and 22. So I took that, and to make sure that I had gotten over my stage fright, I played it in front of like a live audience at my at my college. And college students can be ruthless. There oh, was like shit. an open mic night and I even like enlisted I had like the instrumental and everything ready. Like I enlisted um a guitarist. I had live vocalists with me cuz I wanted to make sure like I am really over this. Like if we're going to test this, we're going to test it right. right. So we did the damn thing. Killed it just like hey. completely over my stage fright. And so like if it weren't for fine malt lyrics kind of like putting me on being like hey and like actually having hope in me even yeah exactly even through like my my failure my self the failure it actually made me better and to this day like they still they're still like riding with me like they've been riding with me since day one um so shout out to them Dude. and then i've known bryce i've known bryce because trey and bryce they've been such close homies for so long that it's like bryce was always there mm-hmm. as well like every time i'm over at the cool I say what's up to dude, Bryce.
1: Bryce's lyrics are insane.
2: Oh, he's nasty. Dude, that's pretty funny, funny though that a
1: white guy is like doing hip hop and then the white guy doing hip hop encourages the black guy <laughs> to start hip hop. Nasty.
2: <laughs> nasty. Like, bro, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of really good musicians in Fine Malt lyrics. Like Dude. It's it's nuts. Like but it's you, crazy. There's a lot of talent in my area in general. Like people people gloss over Kent.
1: Dude, hella.
2: And I just don't know why. To this point, like you have G- the entire GFB conglomerate, Eight. all of FML. You've got
1: all of I don't know much about FML,
2: bro. I'll show you some stuff. <laughs> you got L Wavy. You know, like you got tons of people coming out of Kent. Artists that went to my high school, Charles. He's putting out. He's putting out some stuff coming out here soon. Like I just did a feature for him. Eight. I should. I don't know exactly. I can't give you guys exactly a date on when it's coming out. But soon. what I can tell you is, is that it's fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like people gloss over it just because we're not we're not Seattle. Hmm. But people like talk about Tacoma. That's true. That too. It's because we're not necessarily a big city. Like uh. when you think about when you think about Kent, like you don't really think about anything because nobody <laughs> the Kent races. N- yeah, nobody really knows yeah. about anything in Kent except for Kent Station, the Kent races, And the Show Center. That's like yeah. that's all that people think about. <laughs> It's like when you think about Kent you don't really think about music.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of cities have their own little venues that you can record like perform at. I don't yeah. You probably small artists can't probably perform at showware, can they?
2: Um not that I know of. I haven't heard anybody really playing showware. Yeah, Yeah. it's more of a it's more of like a big name artist thing. Like Hmm. and even like rap wise, I know I think ASAP was there. Yeah, he was that was the last artist I was thinking. Yeah, like ASAP was there, but for the most part, it's like a lot of metal bands. Like I know Megadeth played there. Like that's one of the bigger shows. And I know they do a couple of comedy shows there. Like I saw Joe Coy there, um, what two years ago now? Dude, when Joe Rogan
1: and Dave Chappelle came, I wanted to go so bad to that.
2: Oh, me too. Very <sighs> good luck getting tickets though. That shit Dude, sold out so fast. That was insane. That shit sold out so fast. <laughs> it was it was just hot. Like I was like, oh yeah, I saw it, and I was like, okay, let me try to get tickets. Mm-hmm. Sold out immediately. I was like, well, fuck me right. Yep. <laughs>
1: I like Kent because, like the artists there that I've talked to, they're like really about the lyrics and stuff, you
2: know.
0: Oh yeah.
1: But I feel I don't know, like I'm just not into like auto tune to the point that you can't really hear what's going on, and like that's like the wave right now because I have little Mosey and all that stuff. The
2: thing is, the thing is, like there is there is so many different. That's why that's why I like hip hop. I love hip hop, mm-hmm. and that's why this generation especially where me personally I I I personally love my lyrical rap that's me like I I'm somebody who really looks forward to a new Kendrick Lamar project a new J Cole project new Freddie Gibbs project Mm -hmm. like it's like you know like I'm looking forward to that raw lyricism you know that raw passion they bring into their music but at the same time like I also like I also like to rage you know like sometimes I like to I just like to be in my like cool little mood where it's just like I don't really I want to let go of everything and I just really want a vibe, mm-hmm. and that's why that's why I'm listening to artists like Travis Scott. That's why I'm listening to artists like Thugger, Gunna, Lil Baby.
1: But they do it to a different
3: level. Still.
2: They do because they be they be kind of mixing they be kind of mixing both. They're all geniuses. Mm-hmm. Like everybody that I just mentioned,
3: geniuses,
2: geniuses. You know what they're they're saying crazy they're saying crazy stuff, <laughs> but at the same time, like you would never notice because it's just a vibe. Yeah, and that's what I feel like. That's why I like a lot of. Um, the artists in Kent because you've got a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. It's just a hot pot of creativity, and like I love that. Like you could listen to four different artists in my area and get four different vibes entirely, Dude, yeah. but still be able to vibe to them all. And that's so that's something that's so important. They're and genuine about it. They're genuine. It's a it's a bunch of genuine genuine artists. Hmm. You know, like my guy Kid Campbell. Like if you're in a, if you're in a singing like Kid Campbell like you'll just be in your vibe and you'll really just be you'll just be flowing or if you want to hear some you want to hear some lyrics like my guy ace b
1: yeah i need to reach out to adrian lockhart i haven't that guy either Do you like that guy? man
2: that man can sing that's my guy i actually um he's fire so i was actually uh i played the hard rock cafe with gfb uh ace b adrian was on there um and it was awesome like he's a really he's a really really cool guy like uh i'm looking forward 2020 2019 i wanted to try to uh get together and collab a little bit, but it's like I got really busy towards the end, especially with the me and my music video coming out. So it's like I was shooting in multiple locations, like trying to get to the studio to get like new stuff recorded just because like I have so much material of my own that I didn't really have a lot of time for so like yeah. collaboration. 2020 on their hand other hand, different story, hey. different story. Like it's going to be a year of me mastering singles. Um, it's going to be a year of really – marketing and trying to crack the algorithm on every single platform, and it's going to be me collaborating with different artists that I didn't get to collaborate in 19, that I really wanted
0: to.
1: Do you think cracking the algorithm includes getting features from outside of Seattle, though? Because I don't really see like a lot of artists going to outside of Seattle. Yes.
0: Yes.
2: Huh. Like, quite simply put, yeah. Um, and this is, this is why, because you got to think. Yes, if you're Spotify, your SoundCloud, whatever platform that you're, that you're streaming through, Yes, it it has the potential to reach to other places. Now think if you collaborate with an artist coming out of California. Think if you collaborate with an artist coming out of New York. Mm -hmm. Think about if you collaborate with an artist coming out of Canada, and if they're doing the same thing that you're doing in your area, why would those people, their supporters in their area not listen to that song because they have fans out there? So now, if they really like that song that you guys just put out, yeah. you just got new fans in different areas of the world. Huh. You know what I'm saying? So collaboration, collaboration, I think that's a big part of cracking this algorithm that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. just because there's so much potential to find new fans in different places. You never know where your fans are going to lie. Yeah. That's why you got to get your music out everywhere. Yeah. And that's, that's 2020, man, I'm telling you, like, that's going to be my goal is getting my music absolutely everywhere, collaborating with artists that I think are dope from all over the place. Mm -hmm. Not just, not just, not just my area, but with that being said, you, it will be a very focused year on artists in Kent as well, just because I feel like my city doesn't get a lot of love Yeah. when we have so much talent to give out and to show, to show everybody, so, Like, I really want to take a lot of time and um, do a lot of music with artists in my city, as well as artists from all over the place. Like, if I think they're dope, let's let's get something together. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Like, it's just going to be a year of putting out a lot of collaborative effort and really just trying to get everybody's name out there at the same time. Because why eat at an empty table? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's it's boring. Who who the hell am I going to talk to myself? No. Like why eat by myself when I can have an entire team of dudes that are working just as hard as me? You know what I'm saying? Right. Eating as well.
3: <laughs>
1: yes. So you see all you see so many artists come to Seattle, but why don't you see them collaborating with Seattle artists? Really?
2: It's because in my this is just my personal opinion. Right. They don't actually care about the culture in Seattle. It's just because we, we got, like, hype crowds, huh. you know? Like, you know that if we really rock with you in Seattle, we're going to show up. We're one of the most lit cities. man, a- Anywhere. Like, one of the most lit cities anywhere. So it's like, we're going to bring energy. Right. But at the same time, when it's time to show love, people don't want to show love. And that's just that's just the way it is. And I wouldn't even say that necessarily... It's just in Seattle. I just say that's the music, the music scene in general.
1: Interesting. I didn't think about it that way.
2: Yeah, like when it's time, when it's time to truly show love, hmm. people. It's just crickets.
1: There are genuine artists who love Seattle. Like, do you know who Black Party is?
2: I can't say that I do, but I'm down to listen.
1: Dude, he's dope. He he got signed by Childish Gambino. He's like all the way from Little Rock, Arkansas. Basically, I interviewed him. He's like. Dude, I love Seattle. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And he's like, bro, I love Seattle. Pulls up his sleeve. He's like a Nirvana tattoo on his that's wrist. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's that's like Little Rock.
2: Lit. See that's lit. See, but I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people don't really appreciate the culture that we put out in Seattle. Cause huh. you got to think, like, we're one of the more grungy cities in America. Mm. And and like a lot of people, I I just don't think they can really appreciate like the artistic nature of our city or appreciate like the history of our city yeah they're gonna know like the bigger artists and everything like right. that but like knowing knowing of the history and appreciating the history are two different things and I feel like that's that's a lot of the reason why like we get we kind of we don't necessarily get glossed over but why they're not finding like people aren't going to, going out of their way right. to Seattle it's not like in LA where it's like people fly down there pl- yeah. people are flying down there everybody knows that's a hot spot like at one point, I think Seattle was like a really big place. Yeah. Which don't get me wrong, I still think it's like a hot spot for talent. There's mm-hmm. so much talent within Washington State in general, all over the place. But it's in areas that you would never really think to look, and yeah, in, Se- in, Se- in Seattle, in Seattle, it's just it's just not like a big hot spot. You know, like when you're thinking of like hip hop,
1: huh?
2: Where are you thinking of?
1: Moore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's really
2: all we got. But when I like when I'm thinking about like hip hop, a lot of those new artists are coming out of the Atlantis. Yeah. They're coming out of L. A. You know, they're coming out of New York.
1: That's true.
2: And it's just like historically, historically speaking, that's like, where it's always is though. Yeah, like historically speaking, like that's where it's kind of always been. Especially look, look through the gangster rap area. It was predominantly L. A. Predominantly New York. Mm-hmm. Not much has really changed. I mean, yeah, when um. Outcast came onto the scene. That's when ATL really started like stepping up and especially you got quality control now. QC. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> and they're just booming. Dude. Just booming. So it's just like I think it's because we don't have any of the really major major labels or anything that are like here. Do we have labels out here? I don't think any really I don't think of any really predominant ones when
1: there's not a label out here that you can like Make millions of dollars off of being
2: here? Not off the top of my head. I know that there's, there's definitely a lot of smaller labels here, but it, like all the really big booming labels are in the cities that I really yeah, just mentioned for sure. Hm that's and, and, and you see, you know, you see, yeah. what I'm saying, and I think that's part of the that's part of the not the problem, but part of the reason why people don't necessarily look at Seattle because it's not necessarily a hot spot. Hmm. Yes, it's a hot bed <laughs> full of talent. Yeah. But it's almost like it's almost like people almost treat Seattle as almost like a farm state. You know what I'm saying? Like, we breed artists; they get brought out to all these other different places. Yeah, a lot I see of, that. a lot of a lot yeah. of Seattle artists. They go to they're gonna go to L.A. But a lot of that also stems from artists in Washington not showing love to one another either. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people don't have the mentality of why why I eat alone when I can eat with eat together right. with like a team and like why blow up by myself like a lot of people don't necessarily have that a lot of people are just kind of thinking about themselves like the scene the scene i' I'm am I'm gonna keep it frank like the scene over in Seattle is like it's very dog eat dog everyone it, says that. every yeah. it, it, it's nobody wants to come together like maybe yeah you'll collaborate but at the end of the day a lot of people don't actually want to see you succeed or they want to see you succeed just not as much as them
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's that and that is
2: tough to me like I, that could not be me. Like obviously, music is competition. Obviously, like it's a very cutthroat industry. But at the same time, like why would you not want to see your homies doing as well as you? Like that is so. That's so ugly. Like come on, get off that. And that's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to build with like my music, with like my influence. It's like I want to push Seattle, not even just Seattle, like Washington State in general, and start collaborating more in getting everybody to elevate, not just me. Cause it's like I don't want to just like excel by myself. Like I'm Only I, at the top of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> like what fun is what fun is that? Like if the boomies can't have none, you know? Yeah, like what's the point what's the point of putting myself on when I can put an entire state on the map. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like not even on the map because there is a like 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 you said, there's a couple artists that are coming out of Seattle that are mm-hmm. doing it big. Like historically speaking but like there should be no reason with the amount of talent that washington has and that seattle has that we're not a hotbed too all right you know what i'm saying
1: do you think it's the artist's job to spotlight seattle though or their city in general
2: i mean you got to think about i think i think so yeah i don't think solely it's their responsibility but at the same time like i think they play a big part in that just because like if this is this is a place where you're from, why not show love to the place that you're from? Mm-hmm. Like, as musical artists, like we have an influence. So if you're not really using like that musical influence that you have, that quote unquote clout that you have right. to really elevate your city, then you can't really complain mm-hmm. at the fact that your city's not elevated. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you have you have the power to do so but you're choosing not to that's kind of part of the problem but
1: why do they choose it like why does like a little mosey and those people choose not to because i've actually found huge artists that have come out of seattle and they i'm like what this person's from seattle
2: yeah and i think i like i'm not them so i can't personally speak on what's going on in their mind but this is this is this is my take on it i think it could be possibly because of the fact that seattle has been so cutthroat like it's People will stab stab you in the back mm. whatever chance you get because they don't want to see you succeed as well as right. as much as they are. I think it's that that has really like pushed people away from the Seattle scene because there's no togetherness. Hmm. And that, I I see I see that more on the on the west side than I do on the east side though because on the east side like over in that Spokane area they're showing out like they're showing love. On each other's posts like that because they're really trying to get Spokane to elevate, and they need to have that same mentality. Everywhere. Well,
1: they know they need that because it's Spokane. No one's yeah, out
2: there. they know that? But at the same time, at the same time, think about it. Shouldn't Washington know that too? Shouldn't they? they know that like we need that too. Huh. You know, and that's why that's why I have so much respect for those guys on the east side mm-hmm. because they're really out here getting out the mud, like grinding yeah. to get to where they are. But it's not just individually; it's like community. Community. It's a community. in like in Seattle like the Seattle area like on the west side exclusively like you don't get that camaraderie Mm -hmm. and that's part of the problem that's why like this side's not they're not they're not elevating to where they could be it's like I don't like that I really want to change that Hmm. you know what I'm saying do you
1: think artists there's artists that deserve to blow up or does it always come with time
2: I think that there's artists That definitely have the talent, that definitely have the drive, definitely have the creativity to blow up, and I think that some people have a leg above other people, a leg leg ahead of people Mm. because of this drive and this talent, but I don't think that necessarily, like, it's earned.
1: But how does someone like Little Mosey blow up and then Bryce Bowden, who's been making music forever doesn't like how does stuff like that happen when bryce is almost 30 and little mosey is almost 18 19
2: it's because the shifting is because of the shifting of the generations you just got it it's all it's all marketing
1: but that's like selling out if you're i feel like marketing in a way is selling out if you're not trying to be unique
2: you can still be unique and stay true to your sound though
1: but people don't realize that
2: they don't and that's part of the problem <laughs> and that's what hey, that's that's like kind of the answer to the question yeah. is because you got to be able to you got to be it's it's realistically all marketing
1: but why didn't why don't people use like Malcolm Moore as an idol to like have their own sound because he has his own sound but people focus on how little Mosey made it versus instead of how Malcolm Moore made it
2: because Mac, Mackle- no no no, no disrespect to Macklemore right. that by any means like I've seen him live that guy can perform like he I've been like a dad bro yeah like, I've, been, I've been I've <laughs> been no, hey like I like I personally I personally liked a lot of Macklemore's older projects um, like wings and stuff like that. That was, that stuff was so dope to me because mm-hmm. it was different, but you got to be able to change with the times as well. And since his mm-hmm. style is so much different than what's popular, hmm. that's why like Lil little Mosey style that's booming right now. So that means
1: you can fall off next year if it changes.
2: If the, yeah, if the tide, if the tide changes enough and you don't, you don't, you don't conform enough, you don't change your board and customize your board enough to ride, Whatever wave is coming, you're going to drown.
1: But like Jay Z and those people, they don't change. They're like, it's just because they had so many years already. Or like,
2: they also built a name for themselves too. Like they already had that foot in the door, and they adapt that style just slightly mm. enough to have the old heads appreciate it and the new heads appreciate it. That
1: must be difficult as fuck, though.
2: Oh no, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely insanely difficult. <laughs> it's because it's it's you never know when it's going to change. And music is turning over so fast mm-hmm. that it almost requires you to be creative 100% of the time and be able to change. Not necessarily change lanes, but put a variation on your style just enough mm-hmm. to fit in and not sell out. Hmm. It's a constant battle.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. What's the importance of music for you? Though? Like, Why are you in music?
2: So for me, my my dad is, pop, is a, actually a musician as well. So like I guess growing up, like he was kind of my inspiration because it was like I I was just like drowning in music all the time. Like my mom is a big is a big music lover as well, so it's mm-hmm. like music was just kind of like everything that was in my in my household mm-hmm. growing up. Plus, it's just like I was a pretty good musician myself.
1: Dude, you were playing the piano earlier. Yeah, I mean it's like <laughs> it.
2: it and that's why, because it brings me joy. Like me, I just do it because it's something that I enjoy doing. Like I really have a passion for it, whether it's playing the drums, whether it's playing the piano, right. whether it's rapping, whether it's singing. Like it's just something I'm very passionate about. So I think that's what drives me in um, the fact that, one, I can help people with what I'm saying and the music that I'm creating. Like music saves lives. Yeah. Music, Music is a lot more powerful than what people give it credit for Hmm. like music and music is just as addicting than any drug that anybody could that anybody could take because it's universal exactly and there's so many different lanes that people can get adept to you never know what song is going to help somebody you never know what song is going to save somebody's life so the fact that I feel like I have the power to like really shape somebody's life influence somebody save a life with what I'm saying even get somebody through an uncomfortable situation like that's really important to me. And it's something that I'm, my passion is helping somebody else. Like, I really love that. Like, that's yeah. why I do it. And also because, like, I, I have a lot of love for my city. Like, that's where I grew up at. And if nobody else is, nobody else is going to step up and do it, hmm. I'm at least going to lead the charge. And hopefully, like, everybody else, all these dope artists that are coming out of my city will do the same. So it's basically, I'm just trying to essentially use my passion to influence others.
1: But let's say there's, let's say a record label gets formed in Seattle and Mm -hmm. you make like a decent amount of money, Mm -hmm. but then there's like a huge record label in LA that's offering you something and they're offering you more money though. Which one would you take?
2: I think. See, it really depends. It really yeah. depends. The easy answer would be to say I'm going to take. I'm going to take whatever whoever's going to give me more money. Right. But at the same time, there is levels to that, mm-hmm. because sometimes that that contract with like that it's guaranteeing you a million dollars. That little fine print in there <laughs> is what's going to hoe you over, in yeah. not too long. Or just because you get a million dollars does not necessarily mean that they're going to market you correctly. And that happens a lot. Like if you let if you let a record label like take advantage of you, mm. I'm a firm believer that they will cuz business is business. Like I said, music is cutthroat. Yeah. And you got to think in the generation of music that we're in now, it's so competitive. Anybody could really yeah. anybody it's anybody's game. Anybody uh. can upload a song and if the right if it gets in the right person's hands, it could blow up. You never know. So like music is just as cutthroat as ever.
1: That's true.
2: So it it's it's really it's really looking. So basically what I'm trying to highlight here is the fact that there is there unless you're diverse, unless you know exactly you know exactly what you're doing, unless you know how to read these contracts, you got to think you're replaceable to a record label because there's so much talent out there that's being able to be exposed now. mm
3: mm-hmm. Mhm
2: that you, you almost got to think about yourself as replaceable because you never know who's going to be the next big thing and is going to change the format of music. But
1: do you, do you get angry if you see someone blow up that hasn't put as much time as you have?
2: Sometimes it's frustrating, yeah. But at the same time, you also got to think they, they played their cards right. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be mad at somebody else's success because... They had connections, like they marketed to themselves. Yeah, it does kind of, it does kind of frustrate, frustrate me because it's just like, dang, like what do they have that I don't? But at the same time, like I try to, sh- I try to shy away from that as well, just because it's like I don't want to hate on anybody else's success. Right. You know what I'm saying? That just shows me like, hey, I need to either one to go back to trying to crack this algorithm on like how the heck I'm gonna make more connections because clearly what I'm doing right now is not working. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's it's basically I can't really be mad at them. I'm more mad. At, it's more frustrating for myself because yeah. like maybe I'm just not working hard enough. Maybe I need to work harder.
1: That's the doubt thoughts though.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, but at the same time, different areas are gonna be. It's gonna be easier for you to make connections in different areas like those Californias, Atlanta, New York. Like it's gonna be a little bit easier to make connections because it's there's such hot spots Hmm. whereas like seattle there's a lot of connections in seattle but you really got to know the right people you know what i'm saying so it's it's all it's really about who you know and how you market yourself
1: are you happy you grew up in the music industry, like seattle music the seattle music scene oh yeah do you wish you were in la making
2: no 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 like like i've been to la lots and lots and lots of times and i love la like la is dope um but at the same time like making, like, taking me away from, like, Washington State is, I'm not really me anymore, you know, like, the culture, like, the style, like, the different, the different phases of music that have come out of here, just, like, how rich it is, just, like, the grunginess, literally, like, the grunginess, like, I'm talking about, like, musically, the grunginess, the aesthetic, the grunginess, like, it all shaped who, who I am, so if you take me out of that element, and me wishing that I was born somewhere else, am I really me anymore, like, I wouldn't have the outlook that I have now. That's true. It shaped me. Like my music would probably be a whole lot different if I was from LA.
1: I think people really do think differently in Seattle compared to other places though.
2: Oh, I agree. I agree. For sure.
1: Do you, so let's get into this algorithm. What have you broken into like this algorithm?
2: Look. <laughs> I'm still trying to crack it myself, so I'm no expert. But like whether you're looking at whether you're looking at music, whether you're looking at social media whether you're looking at trying to get playlisted on Rap whatever caviar. uh whatever streaming service that you're doing it is algorithmic it's all an algorithm it's all it's all exact it's all how you market yourself so whether that's if I'm on Instagram and i have I have a post my goal is to get comments on that to generate um shoot I can't i'm lost for words to generate uh impressions right so that post is that post is popping up. I'm trying to get on the explore page. Like, I'm trying to get impressions. It's not even about. It's not even about the the likes and stuff like that. Like that comment section. Those impressions are important because, like, if you pop up on the explore page and somebody, how many times are you just on the explore page and you're like, oh, this looks kind of cool. I'm gonna click it and see what pops up. And then now you're a fan <laughs> of some new shit. Yeah, it happens like that. <laughs> that that explore page like. So it's like I'm I'm trying to get on that explore page. I'm trying to encourage people to comment. I'm trying to pop up on people's stories all over the place because, you know, you could have a friend who puts you on their puts your, your music on their Instagram story. And it gets to another friend that happens to be in a different country that they met when they were on a foreign vacation <laughs> sometime in like eighth grade. And they're like, oh, this song is dope. I'm going to show it to my friends in this foreign area. And now look, you got fans in a foreign area. So it's like that that's algorithmically. That's what I'm talking about is like making impressions on every yeah. single platform that I, that I'm on. It's just, it's just really hard because there's so many different platforms and the algorithm. It works algorithmically different. And even like Twitter, you, Instagram, Facebook, like it's completely different. It, you got to learn like the algorithms. But they're for,
1: owned by the same person. Yeah. But it's,
2: <laughs> it's different. Like, <laughs> the, not, I don't, the interface is not the right word. I guess the interface of, yeah. of, of like Instagram is a lot different than Twitter. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like picture based. It's a lot easier to like share it to like a story on like Facebook and Instagram are a little bit closer in the way that they work. Mm-hmm. Um, but Twitter is like a whole different ball game. You don't have a story to post to Get you're, words. you're, you're, you're thriving off of retweets. You're thriving off of likes. Those are your impressions. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, those retweets, those quote tweets, those likes even, because likes generate impressions and get your post bumped up. And it appears more mm-hmm. because it's liked by so many different people. Retweets, you know, somebody somebody retweets a song link that you put out in a different state. Somebody else from another state that they're friends with, that they probably met on a foreign vacation in eighth grade, <laughs> might also retweet that. And now look, you have fans in different areas. So it's like just, Cracking the different styles of algorithm. I think yeah. that was that's probably the better phrase. Cracking the different styles of algorithms on across different social media platforms.
1: Hmm. How do you market yourself right now?
2: Primarily primarily through Instagram and Twitter. Um I'm pretty heavy on my Snapchat as well. Like I, I feel bad. Sorry to anybody that Snapchats me, but half the time like I I don't really be looking at my Snapchat like that. Like I stopped looking at social media as something for fun and it's more of a tool now. I like, granted I will go off and like I'm am part of like different like Twitter groups, Instagram groups, you know, like Snapchat groups. Um, don't worry about that. <laughs> like groups that are uh that, that that like talk about like fun stuff. But for the most part, like I'm also part of a lot of groups that are formed specifically to like market. Yeah. Hmm. Like those guys that I was talking to you about on the east side, I'm in a group message with all of them. So it's like we will take our posts <clears throat> excuse me we'll take our posts and whatever we got coming up we'll post it on instagram send it to the group be like hey show like show this and show this some love like send it out like even post a comment like cuz we realized that the little impressions work yeah you know what i'm saying
1: do you believe in like the timing of when point when to like post on instagram hell
2: Yes. Really? Yeah. Like, I didn't think that it used to matter. Like, I just thought about if you are popular and you're popping, it doesn't matter what time that you post whatever. If you're like, if you're attractive enough, and the product that you're pushing is attractive enough for people to like it, they're gonna fuck with it regardless. When you're doing something, <laughs> there's a difference. When you're when you're when you're just a a good looking person, mm-hmm. people are probably going to like that post off of sheer thirst. Okay. <laughs> Now when you have music, and you have art, you gotta work twice as hard,
3: Yeah.
2: because a good looking person, single art, huh. you're probably going to like the good looking person a lot more than the single art attached to a link that you're gonna have to go out of your way to listen to, and listen to thoroughly, you know, Yeah. it's just a lot more steps, so you gotta work harder to market it, so like every little, every little thing helps everything little thing like counts you know what i'm saying like so i look at i look at what time my impressions are most are most booming and i try to post within that range in regards to like music dang. in regards to realistically actually these days it's more in regards to anything because even if i post like a picture of myself it's probably going to have some marketing tied to it and that's just the name of the game
1: at that point it's not even fun it's to feel not like, I feel that with social media too right now. It's like just so
2: it's cool. it's not like I haven't enjoyed actually using my social media in a while Granted a lot of like the photos and stuff on my social media are awesome Shout out to like my media guys Carter and KB hey. like they really be doing their thing Like they put out great work, you know, what I'm saying so it's like I enjoy it To the point of wow, this is really cool content like I have in the palm of my hand that I can like show the world and like show like what my friends are doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Show like what I'm doing. Like that part is freaking phenomenal. Like I love that. But at what point does it still become part of my job? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like social media no longer is fun to me. It's work. And it has its it has its ups and its downs. You know what I'm saying? Like on one hand, I have this really cool media that I'm sharing with the world. The other hand, like, I got to make sure I post it at a specific time so it generates the most impressions because this is my branding. This is my business that I'm talking about. Mm. And when I'm using, like, like the the music videos and stuff like that, it's not only me. Like, you got to think. Like the, like, the director and everything, too. Like, he's trying to make a name for himself as well. Yeah. So it's like I'm representing not just myself, but the parties also involved. Like, it's a joint effort. So it's like I want to make the most impressions and get it out there at the best time. So that not only me, but like KB and Carter can also eat too. You know what I'm saying? Huh. And a lot of people don't think about that. They're not thinking about like their teams like that. They're thinking about it at a very individualistic standpoint. And to me, like that's whack. It's a little bit different if you guys already all had your whole team already has yeah. a platform. But yeah. like for guys like us that are really like getting out the mud, like grinding, like constantly trying to put out, not just content, but good content, like good quality content (laughs) all the time. Like, cause you gotta think if you have like, if you're getting an average of, we'll say 200 likes, right? Mm -hmm. On your posts, you're finna be sick if you took the time out of your day to make this dope ass video or do this dope ass photo shoot. And if you post it at a fucked up time and you get like a hundred likes, you're gonna be sick. You're gonna be pissed cause you just lost half your impressions based off the time that you posted something. It's all an algorithm man. and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying like Casually social media is one of the (sighs) funniest things ever Yeah, but on a marketing standpoint it gets very very stressful because there's so many levels to it Like I said, it's all an algorithm
1: does Does posting music matter to like does it matter what day of the week you do it like you know Like a lot of big albums come out on Fridays. So
2: in regards in regards to this like when I'm thinking about like the day of the week I don't really know too much about it. Like, it's kind of harder to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. But uh, at the moment, I, the only day that I don't really post is on Sundays. Because I was looking at, like, the impressions and everything like that. I I guess people just aren't like, fucking with me on Sundays, I guess.
1: That's so weird because I feel like no one has anything to do on Sundays.
2: They listen to Kanye West. <laughs> Sunday service. They listen to Sunday service. No cap. <laughs> and I ain't even mad at them. I'm not mad at them. I'm not mad at them. But... Yeah, so just on sun, on Sundays, I guess it's just not it, not it, not it. I try to, I try to post, um, kind of consistently throughout the week, mm-hmm. but not post too much to where it becomes oversaturated. Right, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, like nobody wants to see an oversaturated post, just devoured by marketing and just one person. Like you got to give it time to breathe a little yeah. bit too. So I try to post. I, I'm in college.
1: How do you do that? How do you manage college,
2: work and
1: music if you do work? Cuz you have to work to support Oh music. yeah,
2: no, I work two day jobs. Music, music's expensive, especially you- if you want to be good at it. Marketing is expensive, especially if you want to be good at it. So I got to be able to like plus I have like bills just just being a ba- like a human being, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I got stuff that I got to take care of. So you got to do what you got to do and that's what I'm saying like grinding like really getting it out the mud it is a grind like you, nobody you, you want to see my ass <laughs> you better schedule an appointment because i barely have time to hang out with myself yeah which is like the basis of my new single that's coming out um next week just hey. so just <laughs> barely home just drop so. it and drop it next week for all for everybody that was wondering hey <laughs> marketing
1: marketing at the perfect time you dropped it at this second of the, how, exactly but how do you really <laughs> How do you relate your music to your everyday life, though? Like, how do you incorporate... Because I work in radio, so it's easy for me to incorporate my podcast yeah. into radio, but how do you do that with day jobs and all that?
2: Whatever time that I have. Like, music, for me, like I said, it's something that I'm very passionate about, so whenever I have downtime and I'm in a very creative mood, I just take out the virtual notepad and we just get to writing. Like whatever I'm feeling at that moment, I'll kind of write it down. And then if I can find a beat to it, then throw it on there and then we're good to go. If it can if the beat fits the mood to what I just wrote, we gotta hit. But sometimes I'll also go to the studio, um, and I'll just listen I'll listen to I'll listen to something, and whatever emotion catches me at that moment when I'm listening to that beat, that's that's what that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's that's what's gonna come out, that's the product that's gonna come out and it's happened um, a couple of times, like going in to. Um, I did a um, a song with uh, with Billy's, Billy's brother actually. Uh, Kinetics. Kinetics. Yeah, we we made a song. We made two songs actually, um, and it, they they're both made in the exact same day. The song Galaxy was kind of the first. It was kind of the first one that we did, and the way that that came came about was like I had. Been in one of those little creative moves and I had taken out the virtual notepad and wrote something And the beat that they played me the galaxy beat that they played me I was like I have something that's completely perfect for this because I had already had it prepared You know, it was a beat that I felt like encapsulated exactly the emotion that I was feeling at the exact time that I was writing This verse. Yeah, and that's how that came together And then you had the end which is probably arguably one of the my favorite verses that I ever did that I've ever done like to date and it was basically just like, it was a freestyle. It was a complete and utter freestyle. Um, and it, it was just because that beat, that's what I was just feeling at that time. And it just happened to line up, align with like the subject matter. Yeah, You know, and it would, in kinetics was just like, yeah, just go crazy. So that's exactly what I did. Like we'd go in there and I'd start spitting and I'd be like, hold on, hold on, run that back. I think I can do something better. And it was just a one hundred percent freestyle, like one hundred percent completely organic. And so that nice, that's nice though. Yeah, so it, it it really just kinda depends. Like that's how I that's how I balance it. Sometimes I have something prepared, sometimes I don't, but like if I catch a mood and I catch a catch a vibe, like barely home, like I had just gotten off of work. And you're barely home. Was on my way I was on my way from the west side to the east side, about a whole day of travel right there, just like exhausted. Yeah. And I I was looking at beats. I was on the beat store, um, on this app called Voloco actually, and uh, it was it's like a place where I like to record a lot of my rough drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard this beat, and I was just like, oh man, like I I really feel this. Like I feel like I can write something about this, and that's how Barely Home came to be. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very excited just because like I'm really finally starting to not only dial into my style, but dialing into my, write, my writing process.
1: And you're making dope-ass connections like, along the way. Along the way, exactly. It's so like so fun making those
2: connections. You know, like, my, I have producers that I'm working with in, like, Germany, you know? So it's, like, making those connections slowly but surely. Like, it's a grind. Like, not everybody's going to find overnight success. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens, but it's very, very rare. Like, it takes people two, three, four years. Shoot, it might take people ten years. But you just got to you just got to keep at it.
1: Yeah, it's the journey. Do you think you find better connections in college or when you're out about in the city?
2: Honestly, being in a college town is a blessing. Um, I I don't I I personally don't feel like my music would be doing as well as it is now if I wasn't in college. Um, I wouldn't have had any inspiration to write right. this new music that I have if I weren't in college anyway. Just because like a lot of the music I have now is inspired by um mistakes um relationships that have gone bad like emotions that only i i would have only felt if i were at college so it's like plus like call i'm making music to like inspire like kids that are my age not even kids we're grown-ass adults now like people that i've grown up with the entire time like inspiring like people around me Mm -hmm. my own age group because i know they can relate to what i'm saying so it's like being in a college town was a absolute blessing because i know that they can relate like i dropped um the first song i ever dropped on any like major platform. on well soundcloud i dropped on any platform in general like like i said vivid was one that was written but i waited to drop it on my ep right um there was a song there's a song called wonder wheel which i want to bring to uh major platform soon but it's it's an uphill battle licensing is a bitch quite frankly so trying to get the licensing from that so but Wonder Wheel, that song is the song that really started it all for me. Like personally, like I just got in the studio with my guy Gavin. Um, shout out to him. Go check him out. G A V N exclamation point. Yeah, go check him out. But he's also my engineer, and so we went to, we went to college together. That's dope. And so we were just like kicking it and like making music, and I made this song. And originally, I was just gonna kind of release it with the rest of the EP, but Gavin was like, "We should drop it as a single." Just because singles are like the gateway. Yeah. Like the gateway to, the, <laughs> Yeah, essentially, they're like the gateway to how like musicians are really found. Yeah. If you have a good single, people are more likely to hear that single and be like, okay, we want to hear more from this artist. So what we did is we marketed Wonder Wheel as a single and then put it on the EP as well just to kind of get people engaged. Within the first two days, it had 4,000 plays. Nice. And I attribute that to being in a college town. Because it was a song Even though it's a pretty hype song Like it's a song That was Based off like the inner pain That I essentially had caused myself Through doing a lot of Making a lot of really bad mistakes You know But it's like It was such a common mistake That a lot of people could relate to And even if they didn't make the same mistake Like the emotions that I talk about in this song They can relate to While still being able to turn up to it Because the beat is dope You know what I'm saying So it was that connection there with, like, people in my own age group that just happened to be in my town. Plus it's like I don't like to look at myself as, like, any type of person that's, like, special because I make music, because I have a couple of connections now. Like, I'm still just a dude that attends Central Washington University. Like, I'm just like everybody else. So I feel like people being able to connect with the fact that they're just like me, you know? I'm not above anybody, I'm not below anybody. Like it's just It's your journey. This is just my journey. Like I'm doing the same thing that you are essentially. I'm just singing about it in a song <laughs> in song format, you know what I'm saying? So being in a college town really just like allows me to flourish because it's so easy to market to people my age. And then being able to play a music festival over there last year at my college. Hey. Like with Hobo Johnson, like that's hey, crazy. Yeah. So not only are they hearing my music from, like, this, from, like, just just a kid that goes to their college, you know what I'm saying? Like, a guy just pursuing his dreams. Now they're getting to see, like, my development, you know? And it's, like, almost on a more intimate level with everybody because they already know me. Like, they know me personally because I'm just a college student trying to make his dreams come true. So when they see me on stage at a big music festival like that, like, maybe it inspires them to, like, pursue their dreams too like if they have aside from like their career maybe if they want to be an artist you know what i'm saying whether it be music whether it be painting whether it be whatever whatever artistic goals they have maybe that just inspired them to go pursue that and go for that because they see me just your average kid from kent who decided to go wrestle (laughs) at college you're wrestling in college well yeah so i wrestled for the last three years i decided to um to not wrestle my senior year though, just because um, I wanted to focus on music. What's your weight class? Uh, I wrestled 149 pounds what every single year.
1: I'm the same weight as. You.
2: It's a big cut. It was a big cut. <laughs> it was a big cut. It was tough, but yeah, I decided to put that aside. It, it was my it was my passion, like for sure. And I spent a lot of time Dude. getting really good at it, but it was just like my time to let it go. But yeah, being being in um in college, I think Dang. it might like. It just shows, like, you can be the most average person, you know what I'm saying?
3: Hmm.
2: But if you, like, work hard enough and you really work to make those connections, you can thrive. And I think being in, like, a college town, like, really kind of, I wouldn't, I don't want to give myself too much credit, but, like, really had the chance to inspire people to, like, go for their dreams other than what they're pursuing in school. So, yeah.
1: Do you think you have a leg up compared to artists who aren't going to college? Because you get those connections, you're able to perform at college parties and all that stuff. See, it's a double-edged sword.
2: Because you got to think, yeah, being in college and being in a college town has its perks because you can market, you can talk about subject matter that people in college can relate to, mm-hmm. but you don't have as much time to write and record. Mm. If you're not going to school and you kind of have a job, you have a lot of time to like write, record, and really hone your craft. So it's kind of a double it's kind of a double edged sword. I don't think I don't I personally don't have a leg up. I think I have in terms of marketing it's easier for me to push my product because I'm constantly around people. It's super easy for me to go to the gym. Oh hey, I got a new song coming out dropping it this day this time. The link will be on my Instagram. It's easy to make those Instagram connections whereas like if you're not in college, you really got to go out and try to like meet new people so yeah I, I think both have their perks
1: do radio stations in college like help promote up-and-coming artists or
2: um yeah if you know the right people if you know the right people for sure um that's,
1: that's wherever you would go i guess you just need to know people <laughs> yeah
2: i mean you you it's it also depends on like like i said the product that you're pushing yeah um like we have a radio station over in central eight shout out 88 won the berg but um I'm trying to push to get my music on there, but I know like there's regulations, like there's rules and regulations to ah. what you can and you cannot say. I know that I swear a lot in my music sometimes, but that cuz that's just my art, like it just helps me express my emotions. Um but like I mean like the people at like the radio stations and everything, they always show they always show love to a lot of different artists around. Like if they're putting on events, they'll look for like local artists. Like mm. the music festival Wildfest, it was actually they actually held auditions oh, shit. to to actually be able to perform that. And so, I mean, I was blessed with being able to be like the the headliner. Mm -hmm. I mean, not the headliner, but the opener for the headliner, I'm sorry. Um, And that just happened to, I just happened to be blessed, but like without like 88, not even 88 won the Berg, but just like um, Siwu Hype and the different teams like that work for the school, um, giving like artists a chance. I would've never had that spot, so yes. They do, they play. They play. I guess a big part. Hmm. I mean, you're probably not gonna find your music on the radio station because there's a lot of things that you got to go through. Um, it's a lot of making sure like everything is um, FCC appropriate. Ugh, you know?
1: FCC. That's what I. That's why I made this podcast, dude. FCC. That shit will get you. Yeah. Fines on top of everything. too. Oh yeah. No, I uh. see. Look,
2: <laughs> I am in college. I cannot pay for that shit. So you're not gonna. You're me cussing on the airwave. I will censor it. It'll be some plain ass water. <laughs> like my head, my it was some plain ass water. There will be absolutely no crystal light up in that bitch. You get plain ass water. <laughs> but if I can get on the radio, that's more exposure that helps me. You know, yeah. more people are going to hear it.
1: What does it feel like performing at college and then coming back to Seattle and performing?
2: It's different. Like when you're in a college town, especially when people know you, they and and they generally generally. Like you. Like, I mean, if they're going to support, they're going yeah. out of their way to support you. They probably like either mm-hmm. the music that I'm making or they just like me as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a lot of support. Now, when I come back to Seattle, it's different because now I, when I'm in college, it's like a crowd of people that know me. Mm-hmm. You know, like my name kind of like is, is resonating right now just because I've been putting out so much content, marketing myself in the way that I have been. Now, in Seattle, I'm unknown. I'm not shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, people that, people know who the hell I am. They're like, John Thomas. Like I said, they thought I was a white guy. So it's like, I got to work that much harder. Damn. But at the same time, it molds me into a better artist. It makes me, my stage presence, that much better. Yeah. Because it's easier to hype up a crowd that already knows you. I got to work that much harder to hype up a crowd that I'm relatively unknown to. Hmm. And I like it. It's like a challenge to me. But
1: how did you, you get over that stage right that much? That you're like, okay, I'm happy with either crowd.
2: So personally, the way that I did it, I started just like, I would do this thing every Friday. Um, shout out to my guy, Bell. He, he, he kind of started, we kind of started doing this at the same time. But we would just do this thing called Freestyle Friday. And basically, it would just be me freestyling on my Snapchat. Oh. And I just post it to the story. And whatever reactions I got, I got. And slowly, like, if we're at a party, I would just freestyle at a party. And eventually, like, it, it got to the point of where it's like I'm performing whatever yeah. in front of tons and tons of people. So if it's like if I can think about some shit off the top of my head and just, like, spit it in a public place and still it's accepted, my written stuff will be fine. And it took a, it took a little bit like it took a couple of years to really like have the confidence to like perform, right. I, especially after like striking out the way that I did and essentially forgetting my lyrics on stage. Not even essentially. That's exactly <laughs> what the fuck happened. I forgot my lyrics on stage in front of Vince Staples and fucking audio push that's fucked. and having and having to like freestyle that whole shit because I couldn't keep it together because of stage fright, you know, shit. It yeah. took a second. that
1: That'll mold you though. Yeah,
2: it it does because it was like, oh shit, what if it happens again? But there was another half of me that was like, that shit ain't never happened again because I refused to let that happen. Yeah. Damn. So, yeah, it's basically <laughs> I just had to I just had to nut up or shut up and really it <laughs> really just put my just put my foot forward and just look, look, you're not going to mess up again. We're showing out every single time. So, I don't care if you have to go up on stage and start while you're in church and freestyling about Jesus, but you're going to, you're going to go up there and you're going to, you're going to do your thing. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to get over the stage right somehow. And it was also because like, I also played in a metal band called Salem Knights. And as a drummer as that, and that helped me a little bit as well because like, even though I'm not rapping, I think that rapping on stage for me is a little bit harder. Um, than playing the drums just because I've been playing the drums for so long. Like that mm-hmm. was my first that's my first instrument. Like that's really really introduced to me to music in general. Um so it's just like I speak the language of drums like yeah. a little bit better. Damn. But it definitely definitely helped because it's like I'm playing in front of crowds of people. and they're still like, okay, I can mess up a drum part. You know, but mm-hmm. it's like keep on going.
1: People know no one knows really when you mess up a drum part unless they know the song by heart.
2: Yeah, you? exactly. See it's a little bit different. But mm-hmm. it definitely helped in the fact like okay I can go in front of these people mistakes are going to happen mm-hmm. that's just what happens when you perform live not every not every sound technician is going to be able to dial you in the way that you like to sound like not everything's going to go your way not even like in music but in life not everything's going to go your way so you just got to keep pushing that's true and just and keep it and keep keep it rocking mm-hmm. so it's like and that's what that's what playing in Salem Nights really taught me um <clears throat> it's just like mistakes are going to happen you just got to keep going like that's what freestyling in front of people at college parties yeah. taught me like sometimes you're going to you're going to mess up and what you're saying is not going to make sense but you just got to keep it going and then so like that same that same hustle along with like me really working on my lyricism and basing it off the experiences that I had actually experienced and it all just like came through yeah. it was just an amalgamation of like my growth and my development yes. over the years like it all really just like kind of shapes me plus my degree as well what is your like,
1: degree in degree in um so
2: i by the by spring i'll have my degree in communication studies hey. and then i have a minor in philosophy and reasoning and it all helps because like some of the stuff that i'm reading and that i'm analyzing really helps me understand like human communi- human communication and not only that on the basis of like verbals and nonverbals but the reason behind all of it so i mean and then the philosophy also helps me
1: that's a leg up for sure
3: though
2: <laughs> i guess i guess but it's cuz i actually read my textbooks though and you're i actually study that's what you're yeah i really i really i really do study and i take it seriously because i know this interview right now that we're having would not be possible without my degrees you right. know what i'm saying i would not be well spoken at all. Like I'd probably be rambling. I probably wouldn't have anything oh. to say. Just like, dude, when people say, "What were we talking
1: about again?" It kills me. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and see, if I didn't have any, if I didn't have any training, and if I didn't really study, like, I don't feel like I'd be able to have that amount of control. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and plus, it also aids in my my music. That's more connections that I can make. That I can make like more similes, more metaphors, like more connections to, like text to text. Text to world, you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff that I can make connections to within my music Musics within my music uh, get an F now, Yeah, <laughs> that's tough um, it, it, it allows me it allows me to be that much better of a writer
1: Dude but that being versatile and music in general is good because like 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 we were saying anyone can hop into the studio and Like make a song to put out to the world for sure, but to know how to play the piano the drums Incorporate rock or even know understand rock or Mm -hmm. metal or any of these types of things that help create Seattle and make it your own uniqueness
2: Yeah, and see the way that I would that I would kind of explain like my sound it's my sound is I'm a lyricist who likes Who likes to make people connect to what I'm saying in the most hype way possible. Yeah, and that's by using like my my upbringing like the different styles that I've played, like my different life experiences, and just meshing it all together to kind of make it something hype but relatable.
1: That's what life's all about. Exactly. You know? And there's a lot of artists,
2: I feel like there's a lot of artists now where they make really relatable music based heavily on lyricism. But a lot of people will think that it's boring because it's you like know Chances know what I'm saying? new album. Yeah, like like a lot of people there is a big there is a big like backlash about j cole and people saying that his music's boring i personally think his music's fucking phenomenal like he's one of my biggest inspirations Mm -hmm. um but like i think that hate comes from because it's not it's not hype you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying but there's also music that's super hype and just gets you in the zone and when you just really want to get away from whatever you feel like it just allows you to get in that zone but sometimes they're not really saying too much
1: you you don't have to sell out in that way like kendrick does that yeah exactly exactly like that's the type of level i like
2: See, I like to be somewhere right in the middle, mm-hmm. where I can say exactly what I'm feeling, but make it a song that people can move to. If you're not like dancing, you're not raging to it. You're at least going to be able to like nod your head to it, mm-hmm. like or King even Kusher. jump, or even even or even jump around. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's why that's why like Kendrick Lamar and Travis Scott um, are like two of my, and I guess Metallica too, are like those are like my big three inspirations. <laughs> that's insane because they're all able. They're all able to do that. Yeah, like. There's songs where you're going to want to mosh, you're going to want to rage, you're just going to want to go crazy, you're going to want to crowd surf. (laughs) But at the same time, a lot of the time they're saying saying stuff that's just like, okay, wow, this actually has a message. And I like that. Well, the message in the message is going to vary, you know what I'm saying? How do you
1: make sure you're unique though? Because everyone, I see this too, like everyone can have their own unique upbringing and stuff, but they still decide to sound like someone
2: else. That's true and so I'd say that I'm unique and this is this is how I personally do it and this is just like based off critiques that I, I've been told um, people have told me they're like I really respect the fact that you pay like pay homage to like your idols like you can hear a lot of like the Travis Scott influence you can hear a lot of the Kendrick Lamar influence within um, my style of music mm-hmm. but I put my own spin to it and it's like I don't try to I, try, I stay in, essentially stay in my own lane. And it's like, I don't try to incorporate too many elements because mm-hmm. I don't want to be a copycat of my idols. Like I want to be, I want to be set myself apart, but still letting the inspiration show. So I think, I don't think there's really a concrete answer on exactly how I do it. It's just like, I take the influences of like my favorite artists mm-hmm. and I put my own little spin on it. Like whatever I'm feeling, throwing like the emotions that I'm feeling. Cause I know I didn't live the same life as Kendrick Lamar. I know I didn't live the same life Mm -hmm. as Travis Scott, you know? So it's like, I guess it's in my lyricism. It's in my lyricism, like the way that my vocal inflections, like there's little tiny things, like little tiny musical things. Mm -hmm. Like our our, our ears for music are different, but very similar.
1: How do you explain to an older person, like what do you, how do you explain rap to them? Because when I do it, I am um, automatically try to like shut down the stigmas towards it and everything. So mm-hmm. Nowadays, because of how big rap is, how do you describe rap?
3: <sighs>
2: so that's a, that's a tough question. That's a really tough question to answer. You you can't, you really, you really can't. There's like so many different lanes of rap that I feel like just the word quote unquote rap. It's almost too generic. Yeah. I you know see what that. I'm saying. So instead of trying to explain rap, I'll take whatever music style, um, they like listening to and i'll try to put them on the artists that i think while it probably won't be exactly the style it'll still make them comfortable enough to listen Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and it it depends on like how old they are and like when they grew up because different artists are going to incorporate different different elements from different eras Mm -hmm. um like for example if i were going to try to talk to my grandpa like he like he came up in like that motown era you know what i'm saying and so, like, if I was going to show him some hip-hop, I'm probably going to gravitate towards a like, Kendrick Lamar, who's, like, using, like, George Clinton features. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Oh, the Isley Brothers. You know, Brothers like, yeah. and he, who's going to be using, like, almost bringing G-Funk back to where yeah. he's incorporating those samples that he can hear and be like, oh, I know what artist is also on the song because, like, they were coming up at the same time that I was. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, like, finding a lane that's relatable enough Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna go show like my grandpa some smoke purple little pump. Like it's just he'd be like, "This is not it. Like what is yeah. this? Like the, you young whippersnappers over here <laughs> listening to this newfangled music. So if I can find something that's a little bit more relatable for him, he'll be able to connect to it and be mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe this is this this isn't as bad as I what I thought it was.
1: Why does rap have this stigma? Though I, I keep seeing this statistic places where it says that country talks more about drugs and women than rap does. Even it's
2: but, it's because. In country it still has to be somewhat radio friendly to get mm-hmm. on the radio like they got to find a way to mask it whereas hip hop's very in your face it's very blatant mm-hmm. it's very unforgiving and i think that's why it, it it's this unforgiving nature that kind of gives it the stigma that it does plus you got to think about when hip-hop was first being introduced like what was going on in the world you know you had the war on drugs at full force and The only reason it, it's the way that it is is because Hip-hop is being talked about from the perspective of where the artist was when they were writing that music Yeah, so if you really want something to change You need to do something about the urban areas that these people are growing up in because they are really shaping They're shaping their music to reflect their life their life influences. So if you really want Like there to be a shift in what hip-hop is talking about you need to do something about these communities and if you're not gonna, if you're not willing to try, at least try to do something about the communities and help the upbringing of these young artists, then don't talk shit about it. I don't want to hear you talking about nothing. Yeah. In regards, because how are you gonna tell somebody how to live their life when you didn't fucking experience it? You know what I'm saying? You, you get you. You feel me?
1: Yeah, I do. Just
2: because, like, for me, example, for me, for example, you can't tell me not to write music about <clears throat> falling in love, falling out of love. Mm-hmm. Rapping about my personal experiences, because you didn't experience those experiences. So who are you to try to censor me because of my life influences? You sound dumb. (laughs) You you sound stupid. I wouldn't if you made a song about doing whatever you're doing, I'm not gonna sit up here and be like, Well, you and your entire genre needs to change because your life your life experiences don't correlate with mine. (laughs) Do you see how stupid that fucking sounds?
3: (laughs) (laughs) That is
2: stupid Like we're not No see So (laughs) Instead of trying to like Like maybe put little You can put critiques Because everybody has their Is entitled to their opinion Mm. On music But You can't try to tell Somebody That they need to change The entire tide Of what they're talking about Because you didn't live Those experiences That they went through Music is poetry Like they're you're, You're talking about Exactly What you went through you know what I'm saying, or you're talking about like what you did in order to cope with what you were going through. It's a coping mechanism. You can't just tell somebody you need to ch- you need to change that because it does it doesn't fit with my ideals. That's basically what people are saying.
1: Yeah, that is messed up.
2: Mhm. It, it it like I said like it all goes back to like this theory of th- this this is this theory of to a sense it's all a part of a bigger picture. Music itself is an algorithm if you think about it. It's no different. Definitely, definitely. It's no different. It's no different than social media. Like, hip-hop artist grows up rough to semi-rough childhood, a lot of rough experiences, takes that, writes about it. You know what I'm saying? And it's all just, it happens. We all go through, like, different things in our lives, and we... All experience different things that shape who we are as musicians. We all have different upbringings in different areas. Dang. You know what I'm saying?
1: That's why Jay Z is still successful, I think, because he still raps about his experiences that mm-hmm. are continuing to happen right now. Mm-hmm. He's not just talking about drugs and all that stuff. That...
2: Yeah, he's talking about he's talking about like the now. He's just rapping about his experiences. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like my music's not going to be centered around like gang lifestyle or gang activity cuz like I know that's not like that's not where I grew up at. Yes, it was going on in my area, but it's not something that I was directly a part of. Mm-hmm. Maybe by association, mm-hmm. but it's like not something that I was personally involved in myself. So I know I'm not going to talk about that. But I am going to talk about my other experiences and sometimes that just involves like if I if I did drugs at one point, that's what I was going to talk about. Like if I was feeling down down about something because mistakes that I made That's what I'm gonna talk about like because mm-hmm. that's all I'm at liberty to talk about because that's what I experienced
1: That comes with finding your voice too though, I think hmm You're it, the first person that was you're like Yeah, like one of the first people was like I found my voice versus just being like yeah This is my music but finding your voice and then actually truly making music Go hand in hand. I think because anyone can make music for fun. Exactly, but I think that's why it's rough for some like up and coming artists, like even like little Tech or something like that, to blow up that young. Because you were saying, like, 18, that's young Yeah, as hell. Tech is
2: Tech is really young. Tech yeah. is what, 17? Yeah. So yeah. there's no
1: way you can truly have your voice that young. You know, like, you're beginning to be on the path, but like.
2: Yeah, I think so. For like, in regards to younger artists, I think that certain artists have gone through more difficult things depending on where they're from, like the areas that they lived in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't think. I'm at liberty to say, oh, he hasn't really gone through enough. Right. But at the same time, like, at that young of an age, there's still a lot of time for you, for young artists to mature and go through even more and Mm -hmm. have more subject matter to talk about.
1: But that's why I just think older artists need to help out young artists with that kind of perspective.
2: No, for sure. For sure. I think part of it is, like...
1: Because the label just, like, runs your life. Yeah,
2: yeah, you know, yeah, exactly.
1: That's what I mean, like, by finding your voice. Like, the label is your voice, kind of, right now.
2: To a sense. To a sense, yeah. Because it's, it, like I said, at the end of the day, music is... Business. Business. It's marketing. Yeah. So, like, your label has to try to help you market yourself mm. in a way that's going to help your music pop off. So, yeah. That's that's the tail of the tape on that. That's true. That's just a fact, <laughs> Jack.
1: Well... What is some advice that you have for up-and-coming Seattle artists, creators, influencers?
2: Spread the fucking love. Like, this is as much as... I'm going to use a metaphor here. A. Actually, it's a simile, because I'm going to use like or as. <laughs> Music is like wrestling. It's like the sport of wrestling. It's very individualistic, but at the same time, it's also a team sport. Like... The, the artists in your area that you're rocking with, like, if you're winning individu- individually, like, that's cool. But at the same time, why just win individually when your entire team can win? And I think, and another thing is just keep at it. Like, keep on working. Like, there's some days where I feel like, dang, like, this song's not doing well enough. Like, maybe I should just quit because people aren't. They're they're not they're not liking it as much, you know. They're not vibing with me like they're not really showing love. But at the same time, like if people sh- like see that people are showing you love, they're probably going to follow suit mm-hmm. because they realize that you're popular. And that's just that's just how that's just <laughs> that's how just that's life. just how it is. That's just yeah. life. Like if people if people are cheering you on, a lot of people are probably going to follow suit. <laughs> and if yeah. a lot of people are hating it's going to be the same thing and that's just the sad truth so as artists young old anywhere in between that are still trying to find their voice or struggling with deciding if they want to continue just keep it up can keep trying to hone your craft cuz you never know you could quit you could the stars could align and you could quit the day before you blow up you know what i'm saying so you'll never know unless you keep trying. So just keep at it. That's the only way you're going to win is if you keep on striving.
1: Yes. What are some final words you have for Seattle?
2: Shout out to everybody that's uh, been riding me with, with me the last year. 2019 was basically the warm-up. Life of an oddball, still on SoundCloud, still will be there. Um, a lot of new music dropping soon, man. So just keep, keep, keep a lookout on that. Barely home. Dropping, dropping sooner than you thought. Next week to be exact. So keep on the lookout for that. Um, Watch the me and my music video live on IGTV and YouTube. Follow me on social media at FML, John Thomas, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, that's it. John Thomas in this bitch. There we go. Yes, sir. DJ Blake.